from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. That means that there will be no clean team next year. No floral arrangements, no hanging baskets. Um, the landscaping that we see across the city and our intention to broaden that scope will go away. The 4th District Bike Unit, we pay for their specialized bikes, their equipment, and their training. And that is a significant investment that will immediately go away if we are not successful with our petition renewal. They indicate that they are not subject to the Sunshine Law. Um, so, you know, not a lot is known about their decision-making process. We are transparent with the records that we have. I'm Sarah Fenske. For 22 years, downtown St. Louis property owners have voluntarily paid into a special taxing district that provides security and other enhancements. It's one of the oldest community improvement districts, or SIDS, in Missouri. This has been an incredibly tough year for the downtown St. Louis community improvement district. Downtown has faced outsized challenges during the pandemic. But beyond that, the SID has been in a fight for its future. A group of property owners have sought to challenge its control of $3 million in annual tax funds. They say they aren't opposed to paying the taxes, but they don't think the SID has proven itself a wise steward. It's amounted to a lot of headaches for Kelly McCrary, who took over as the SID's executive director one year ago. And she joins us today to talk about it and about her work. Kelly McCrary, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and the community. So you took over as executive director last October. That was right in the middle of the pandemic. Did you have any idea what you were in for at that point? Well, actually, I did. I, I started with the Community Improvement District under Downtown St. Louis, Inc. in 2017. And so over four years, I've been uh, performing this work, this daily work for the community, uh, started off as the director of security and urban space. And so it was an easy transition for me at the time to step into the executive director role. And you're right, it was during the pandemic, it was during, during a high period of transition for the SID, um, but our daily work continued. Uh, our focus on maintenance, on beautification, uh, supplemental and secondary safety, as well as public infrastructure, that has never gone away from us. It's always been our focus and our priority. And we do that to the best of our ability. So with that in mind, um, it's been a great year of service to the downtown community, one that we look forward to continuing. And the challenge has been um, making sure that we get the petitions submitted and filed to the assessor's office, and we did that successfully last week. So, yeah, you delivered these signatures. Do you feel confident that you have enough to reauthorize this SID for another 10 years? I do feel confident. Um, we wouldn't be at the position we're in right now if we did not have the support of many of the stakeholders in the downtown community, both large and small businesses, uh, residents, as well as stakeholders, employees, and visitors. Um, but it's the property owners who've made the decision to sign the petition. And we had two goals we needed to achieve. One was to obtain the assessed value um, uh, of, of our, on our petition. 
The other was to obtain a per capita of 50% plus one. And when we filed last week, we had met those goals, and I'm still confident that we will continue forward. So there's a second process that was recently begun related to reauthorization of this taxing district, and that is something that's now going through the Board of Aldermen. They've called a public hearing on a proposal Mm -hmm. that would reauthorize the district all the way until 2041. And my understanding from talking to people who know how these things work is if they go ahead and do that, you guys wouldn't even need the signatures that you'd gathered. Why why go through all that trouble of getting signatures if the Board of Aldermen is going to swoop in and get this going till 2041 anyway? Well, I actually have to disagree with the swoop in, swooping in of the Board of Aldermen. Um, we're following the process. Uh, there are regulations that our SID has operated under, both under ordinance that was um, uh, completed and authorized in 2011, and also our bylaws. Uh, and what this amendment to our petition does is allow us to have a hearing next week with the Board of of Aldermen. Um, That's the next step for us. And the 20-year piece, uh, I'd like to clarify that. Um, It's a 20-year extension to the SID, uh, the Community Improvement District, being able to operate. Uh, Sarah, if I went into every step that we took over, that we've taken over the last three years, um, to arrive at this point of having our petitions, of, of receiving feedback from the majority of the stakeholders in downtown, um, it would be uh, extensive. And that's why we've, we've asked for a 20-year extension. But in 10 years, we have to come back to our property owners to have an assessment, uh, an assessment petition filed and approved. And so, really, our, our Community Improvement District amendment petition would only be for 10 years because without an approval of the assessed value for the assessment to continue after 2031, there is no SID and there are no fund, there's no funding for a SID to operate. So at that point, if the property owners aren't happy with the work you're doing, you're saying this would stop that in its tracks even with Absolutely. what the Board of Aldermen is doing. Okay. That's correct. That's correct. And that's why we are so... Uh, dedicated to making sure that our priority services, again, maintenance, beautification, the clean team services, working with the St. Louis Police Department and the city administration to ensure that we are doing exactly what we can within our scope to meet the needs of this community. And we've done that successfully. We've opened the door. I, I, I have an open door policy, Sarah. My phone is always on. I want to hear from those who have been uh, unhappy or unknowing of what we do. I want to embrace the change. Uh, we know that, that there is room for improvement, and we believe that working together and in collaboration, we can continue to do that for this community. So I want to get into some of those concerns from critics of the SID in just a moment here, but I just have one other question about this piece that the Board of Aldermen is doing. If they go ahead and, and do this extension that they're talking about doing, would that mean that, that you don't even need your petitions to be validated? That would sort of knock that process out, or is it your understanding you still need your petitions validated even with what they're doing? It's my understanding that the process we've followed for the last year or so to obtain the notarized and signed petitions from property owners, that we have to follow that uh, process through. Okay. The next step in that process after filing last week is to have the public hearing. We have our, our uh, 
uh, resolution uh, sponsors, the alderpersons, alderman Coder, and others who will sponsor that bill and will have an opportunity to speak on our behalf next Thursday. And then um, others who may have concerns with the SID will have their opportunity to speak. And then the board will vote. So this theory that um, this is an attempt to do an end run around these petitions because people who are saying they don't think you have enough signatures, you're saying that is not the case. These these petitions still are what drives this, and those signatures will have to be validated even with what the board's doing. What I can speak to is the character and the integrity in which we've addressed this process. Um, there is no request to do an end around um, we are not aware of the Board of Alderpersons making a decision on our behalf. We had to follow through the regulated steps to submit our petitions and to speak before the public hearing and allow uh, the alderpersons to make the next decision. Um, that's what we've done. Um, the other part of this is we just every day make sure we are providing the services to the community that's needed. And with those, without those services uh, and without this next step, the SID potentially goes away on December 31st of this year. That means that there will be no clean team next year who daily maintains the streets of downtown. There will be no floral arrangements, no hanging baskets. Um, the landscaping that we see across the SID and our intention to broaden that scope will go away and the most important and critical piece is that we are in a, in a time where uh, many urban cities are dealing with safety challenges across the board. Our funds uh, go directly to assist the 4th District Bike Unit, those officers who are here every day working to keep us safe. We pay for their leased space. We pay for their specialized bikes, their equipment, and their training. And that is a significant investment that will immediately go away if we are not successful with our petition renewal. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation with Kelly. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. Welcome back. We're talking today to Kelly McCrary. She's the executive director of the Downtown St. Louis Community Improvement District, also known as the CID. They're seeking another 10-year reauthorization. They get about $3 million um, in tax funds, and that comes from property owners downtown who sign petitions to voluntarily be taxed and have this money go to downtown safety, security, other things like that. Now, as Kelly mentioned just before our break, there is a group that has been publicly in opposition to how the CID has been running things. And I talked to Les Sturman. He's the leader of that group. I talked to him yesterday about some of his concerns about how the CID has been doing things. Here is one thing he said that he believes the CID is doing wrong. Well, first of all, it has to engage with the community. I mean, the CID is uh, 
um, is very insular. Um, its meetings are conducted largely in private. They have a public session, but all their substantive business is conducted in executive session. Uh, they indicate that they are not subject to the Sunshine Law. Um, so, you know, not a lot is known about their decision-making process. Uh, and they just don't engage with the community. Their folks aren't out there uh, meeting with people, talking to people, getting ideas, uh, seeking feedback, that kind of thing. And that is Les Sturman, who's critical of the current leadership of, of the downtown SID. Um, Kelly, Les's concerns long predate you being in charge of this organization. But when he talks about the Sunshine Law and the fact that the SID feels like it it doesn't have to turn over records, why not share those records, with, especially with people who are paying into this? I mean, this is a taxpayer-funded agency. Sure, and I appreciate the question. Um, I think that's one person's perspective. Uh, I cannot speak to the records that uh, Les Thurman is referring to. What I can share with you, again, is that we're an organization that has core values of integrity, inclusion, and equity, and communication. We have an open-door policy. Um, we, we are transparent with the records that we have. Um, regarding other concerns about um, that this, the special interest group has, in, has mentioned, um, we have listened uh, part of our renewal process involved having stakeholder feedback and input. Uh, in 2019 and 2020, we had open sessions that we worked with uh, the community to hear their feedback, and we've made changes. Um, in addition to that, one of the major pieces that our stakeholders asked for was a reduced board that um, was not made up of uh, primarily business owners and large business owners, but was a smaller board where there could be additional inputs from many stakeholders. And we did that. Um, we had a special committee earlier this year. We listened to what we deemed as uh, getting contribution to develop a, a mixed and diverse asset class that will make up our, our special, our board. Uh, and upon renewal, we will have that board that includes many voices uh, even those who are opposed to us and opposed to our mission. And so I'm looking forward to being able to have that board developed uh, and listen and be able to make uh, changes on solutions that are possible within our scope, but then beyond that, work with the partners that we have in existence, that we have now, and try to make change that's going to be beneficial for the, entire of the entirety of the downtown community. That's my focus. That will always be my goal. So when I talk to Les Sturman about the concerns of, of um, him and, and the other people in his group, he said that he thinks it comes down to a fundamental disagreement about a big question. I mean, what do you do, for example, to make downtown safer? You know, frankly, the SIDS approach to that is to spend a lot of money on uh, secondary police patrols, which uh, really don't accomplish very much because uh, the those uh, secondary cops uh, don't make traffic stops. They don't make arrests. Um, they, for the most part, are not seen in, in much of downtown. And that, again, is Les Sturman. He said he really likes the bike patrols that the SID pays for. He thinks those are a really good use of money. But having those secondary police officers just driving around, that they don't do much. And that's part of why downtown has the safety problem that, that frankly, a lot of people think it has right now. What would you say to that, Kelly? 
So I will agree um, with uh, Les that the bike patrol unit that the 4th District uh, deploys every day that we fund um, is a valuable asset to downtown. But I'll have to disagree that our secondary um, supplemental officers don't do anything. Um, They are uh, commissioned police officers. They are a part of the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department who is working secondary for an authorized uh, secondary uh, security unit. Mm -hmm. So they have arrest powers. We have data that shows that they um, have implemented um, written tickets for a number of uh, nuisance causes, um, traffic stops, uh, as we know, and, and that's uh, an area that is a, a delicate situation that the police department is solely and primarily responsible for. The police department um, doesn't want those those secondary officers out doing that kind of thing. Absolutely, because traffic stops, um, as we know, unfortunately, can turn into uh, chase situations that can t- that can be deadly, mm-hmm. and so those officers working under the scope of SLMPD, their traffic division, they are the ones who are responsible for that. We deploy secondary officers to address nuisance concerns, to respond to citizens who flag them down as they're patrolling. So uh, again, there are different perspectives, but uh, being the one who oversees that deployment and how we spend those funds. We work every day uh, very diligently with the command staff of 4th District, uh, Major Creaseman, and now Captain Benoist. The SID uh, has, twice weekly, we have SID safety briefings. We bring together many of our stakeholders uh, across downtown, and they have direct access to share the concerns happening in their specific areas and for their neighbors um and what we've and we've had this twice weekly briefing for over a year now it has allowed us to be more uh direct and uh interact with our police leadership group but secondly um they're able to make adjustments to how they deploy their resources and that goes right along with how we deploy our secondary resources so um having that access and working very diligently alongside the police department has really allowed us to make a difference and also identify how we can um, gather those resources collaboratively to keep making solutions that work. So one of the other complaints is that people feel the CID hasn't been proactive about closing problem properties or opposing liquor licenses. This is something that volunteers in the community um, have been pretty proactive about, and they they took the lead with a lot of what happened at Ray Nightclub. They say that's something that the CID should be doing. Would you agree that that's something the CID should be involved with? I agree that there are concerns when we have... um, um, properties that are not following um, ordinances, city ordinances, or causing um, issues in downtown. Um, I will state that the CID has heard from stakeholders as well, um, and we share those concerns with the city departments, those who are in authoritative positions to investigate, um, to write ordinance violations, to um, have tickets issued, and to have cases built against any property or business or resident that is violating um, city laws or city ordinances. And so that's 
our particular role. As I stated before, we work with the city divisions that have that have the executive decision makers to inform them of what we're seeing, inform them of what we're hearing, and allow them to do their job, which is investigate and cite if they have a reason to. So we received a tweet from Citizens for a Greater Downtown St. Louis, Sid Inc. This is sort of the rival group that that, um, had hoped to get control of the tax funds. They came up short in their signatures. But they say, quote, Citizens is prepared to make payments in lieu of the Sid tax to support the clean team, bike cops, and other downtown services. They feel like they could voluntarily pay for some of the stuff they like, maybe get rid of some of the stuff they don't like, and do this piecemeal until a new Sid can be gotten in place. Now, I know you have a much different plan here. You want to get reauthorized. I'm curious to hear Mm -hmm. your case on this. Why should downtown residents and and people who maybe don't have the ability to sign these petitions but are affected by what happens downtown, why should they feel like yours is the right group to have control of this tax funding? Well, what I would say to that, if there there are uh, those who want to be a part of this process and they have thoughts and ideas, please share them with us share them with me directly. Uh, my phone number is on our website. My email is on our website. Our office is right in the T-Rex building along Washington Avenue where many of the activities occurring in downtown happen. Mm-hmm. So we're open. We're transparent. We want to hear from them. Uh, you don't always have to go to the media. You can come right in and talk to us. As I've said, I have an open door policy, as does my team. Um, it's very difficult to start anew. Um, which is why we are embracing the position of wanting to listen to those who have uh, realistic and uh, reasonable ideas for change. Um, to piecemeal a, a community improvement district is, it does not seem very viable. It's not a very viable option. And I say that because we're 20 years into this. Um, I'm almost five years into being the lead of this community improvement district. Um, and I've developed extensive working relationships with our partners, with our stakeholders who are willing. And if that goes away, piecemeal will not be the answer to what this community needs as a whole. Downtown represents the St. Louis region. Downtown represents those who, during the pandemic, wanted to do a staycation. And so instead of going to California on a flight, they're driving to St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And our role is to make sure that St. Louis within our scope, the downtown St. Louis within our scope is as vibrant and active and beautiful and maintained as it can be. That's what this SID is responsible for. That's going to be our priority when we are successfully renewed. And we look forward to continue working with those partners who want to work with us to identify real solutions for change. Well, Kelly McCrary, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and and sharing your perspective on this. Thank you, Sarah. Much appreciated. This episode was produced by Sarah Fenske and Laura Hamden, with audio engineering by Aaron Doerr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. 
If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.